Hey, everybody. Melissa McKenzie, publisher of the American Spectator, joined with my co-host and senior editor of the American Spectator, Scott McKay, the best-selling author and interviewee of Tucker Carlson with yeah. his latest book, Racism, Revenge, and Ruin. Uh, Scott, you've been making the rounds because you're uh, such a big deal now. Thank you for humbling yourself and joining me apparently, today on this podcast. Apparently, I am a big deal. Apparently, knew, you are. But apparently, well, I, I am. I, I, I would uh -huh. like to say that I am a uh, Scott McKay hipster. I started this podcast with you because I saw the greatness before oh. Carlson. See how I made that about me? Um, and anyway, so we're going to talk today about quite possibly one of my least favorite subjects, but a subject that <laughs> is necessary to talk about, which is <sighs> all of these terrible cases against Donald Trump, each one less meritorious than the last one. And in this case, the pro probably the most dangerous case for him was the one in Georgia, and right. it is falling apart under the weight of Fannie Willis's, um, oh, I almost said something that could get me banned, but um, uh, uh, the weight I'll have to say it. <laughs> of her deep desires for uh, the man that she's paid to investigate Trump and do all of this. So like, th this is a... Terrible case to start with. It's politically motivated. It's a disgusting case. And as it turns out, being brought by a disgusting woman and a corrupt one. Big shocker. The Soros um, elected Fannie Willis. So anyway, tell us what we should all expect from what's happening right now and how you feel about it. Because, oh, I just am annoyed. Okay, so um, I'm going to uh, I'm going to just like I'm going to stay away from the details okay. because we're recording this Tuesday afternoon and all of this stuff is fluid because this thing is going on right now. This these mm -hmm. these hearings about her misconduct as prosecutor, and I don't I don't like give you the long and short of it is. She's screwing the guy who she hired to be the special prosecutor in the case, who has absolutely no, you know, RICO case prosecutorial experience. I don't even think this guy had any prosecutorial experience. He's like a divorce lawyer or something. The only qualification that he had to take a case like this on was that he was screwing the DA. Well, and, I oh mean, my... let's not underestimate his skills here. He's He was called... Like I was laughing at some of these texts. He was like texted from her like at midnight, 1230, 1 a.m. <laughs> and then all the location data shows him in her neighborhood, I don't know, 15 minutes, a half hour later. So he's got some skills. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, he, he answers booty calls and that gets him, you know, a million dollar contract to be a special prosecutor. Mm -hmm. And of course, the kickback schemes of, of you know, the, the, um, uh, you know, little vacation things and all the rest of it. Right. I, all of which is a little titillating, okay? And it's um, fun to an extent because, uh, you know, it's like watching 
uh, the, you know, the chaos at the end of Animal House. Right, right. <laughs> Roll through the parade with right. the, you know, with the, the death mobile, right? And everything goes to hell in a handbasket. And that's basically what this thing is devolved into. Right. Um, you know, and like the, my favorite of all time was they're asking this guy, Nathan Wade, who's the, I guess, you know, gigolo-ish uh, special prosecutors slash booty call answerer slash ex-boyfriend, whatever. Mm -hmm. And they're like, so have you ever spent time at in a cabin with Fannie Willis? Like, they knew that they had him cold on this. And he's like, for like 15 seconds. Right. Like, oh shit, I can't answer yes. But if I answer no, there's going to be consequences. Right. And right. so he's like, you know, like, no, 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 you can't make me answer the question. And so this has been like nonstop stupidity in this deal. And now the latest is, you know, his friend who basically documented the beginning of the affair. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, like it had gone on before because the 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 pat line is that um that uh they fell in love while she was working with him mm -hmm. okay which yeah. is not the most ethical thing either right like no. you're not supposed to you know like all of a sudden start screwing people that you've hired like that's not actually you're supposed to have is like that a rule scott that's such a mean rule <laughs> I mean, why? No, if it's okay so for fascist. if it's okay for Bill Clinton, why isn't it okay for Fannie Willis? Well, okay, that's you can take that position. Um, it doesn't. It's not exactly germane to this because what's been proven pretty conclusively, despite the denials by Fannie Willis, is that they were screwing before she hired the guy, right? right? And so. Um, but the other twist that has happened is that, uh, and Breitbart had this, I think on Monday, mm -hmm. that there is a, a guy by the name of DeSantis, who is not related to Ron DeSantis, but this, this guy DeSantis is a White House um, uh, plant embedded in the DA's office in Atlanta, mm -hmm. who is apparently the guy actually running this, this show. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and you know, all of a sudden it starts to make sense because there was right. all of this, uh, contact between Fannie Willis and the white house. They up there mm -hmm. and did this whole thing. Um, and you know, and then they bring this case. So at the end of the day, and it's, you know, it's the same thing that, you know, we knew coming out of the, all of the Letitia, um, whatever her name is in New York, Letitia James. Green. Letitia James. Green. No, Letitia James. James. Uh, Letitia mm -hmm. James. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course, Jack Smith, who actually works for. Right. Like, the team Biden is behind all of this stuff. Right. All and not, of this and not indirectly. Like, directly. No, no. Like, not even. The thing that bothers me, Scott, is it's so filthy shameless. These people yes. think they're so above the law that they're doing all of this stuff knowing full well that there's paper trails, phone trails, everything, and they simply don't care because they are so confident in 
the justice system where they're bringing these cases being so corrupted that it almost doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter what they do. They yeah. will they will win. And what bothers me well, in Georgia in particular is that yeah. uh, the governor there, Kemp, has known about this corruption, has been aware of it, and has gone along with it because he hates Trump. He hates Trump. He, yeah. And no, the thing is, right. he owes his career, if you look back to the very same people who helped elect Trump, helped elect Kemp. So then I sit there and go, I wonder how much money has uh, been paid off to Governor Kemp to put him in the position that he's in. Because I don't, I don't not know a new that. thing. I don't think it's that with Kemp. I think Kemp likes watching Trump twist in the wind. You know, all of the things that Trump said about Kemp over the years, and he has said a lot about Trump about Kemp over the years. I think Kemp just, I think Kemp is dining out on this. I think he loves it. I think he loves watching Trump suffer. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he says, hey, you know, I'm the big guy in Georgia. And if you get convicted in this deal, you got to come kiss my ring to get a pardon. How right. you like them apples, Donnie? Right. That right. to me is what that's what Brian Kemp is all about. This guy can't wait to read the Atlanta Journal Constitution every morning and with his cup of coffee and look at all like the whole yeah. Fannie Willis thing. And he he thinks, and I'll give him a little bit of credit if I'm Brian Kemp. I mean, I'm living my best life right now because not only is Trump getting forced to suffer through this this idiotic case okay but it's falling apart he didn't have to do anything he's sitting there as an observer watching her fall apart because he's he's not a political ally of hers either right this is the democrat da in atlanta who before all this crap came up was talking about running for governor Georgia, right right and you know other than stacy abrams like she's you know, the most important figure in Georgia politics who's not in the Senate. Right. Um, and in Georgia, once you're elected to the Senate, you're not going to run for governor. So, like, state politics-wise, she was it. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, so she's completely collapsing, and he's just he's just sitting there, you know, it's like having a fish tank and watching well, the fish I, fight. The fish. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Never underestimate spite when it comes to politics, especially amongst Republicans. Like the Democrats will sit there and kiss exactly. each other's butt when they hate each other, like Hillary Clinton and the Obamas. You know, they all hate each other. It doesn't yeah. matter. They'll do what they have to do for power. Republicans right. don't do that. They will screw each other over and enjoy watching you get it um, yeah. rather than help an ally who would help you long term. Nope, that just doesn't right. happen on the Republican side. And so right. uh And Trump's of, not Trump's not great at this either. I mean, you know, Oh Trump, no, Trump's Trump, not get, uh, good at it. It's what makes he him He doesn't do rapprochement very well either. So it, No, you know, he does it, not. It, like, um But but back to not Trump fixing for just, this between he and Kemp is is as it's probably as much on Trump as is on Kemp. Yeah, but, but the thing if is, I'm a, if Trump a Republican a, voter in Georgia, I'm furious about this. Yeah, but wait a minute, Scott. Trump has reasons. There was so much corruption in the voting process in the election I'm, that Trump I'm, that I'm that not, Kemp is refusing to deal with and refusing to acknowledge 
and it's baloney. And because of that, it has corrupted the whole process. And Kemp himself, while he's, you know, floated in on the magical 60% of the vote, which I don't believe for a flippin' instant, uh, he and the Secretary of State, who had no name recognition, whatever, I I went through this with an expert in, in voting, uh, you know, um, roles in county by county through Georgia. What happened there for Kemp and for the Secretary of State, and they're both Republicans, was not just improbable, it was impossible. And Trump had greater, um, more positives than either of these two yahoos, and he lost that state. And Kemp does not give a crap and has not looked into it and has allowed this to stand. So I, I, you know, the whole state has turned into a complete mess because of Kemp. And so, and it's not solved for the next election cycle. And so when people are sitting there going, well, it was Trump's fault that the the we lost the Senate races in, in Georgia. Well, guess what? Kemp didn't help things either. And so no. um, and actively harmed them. So, you know, there's that animus that Trump has towards Kemp is at least justified. And sure. um, most people don't really understand what, you know, most people in Georgia don't even know what was actually happening there and what has happened there. I, I, I that that was one of the first kind of breakdowns after that election cycle um, that a, a friend of mine who's an expert in Georgia politics, we went through it and I, it was unbelievable. And, I, and he, was, he was like, this is impossible. What I'm looking at, these numbers are impossible. And he's like, the only conclusion we could come to after looking at all of the numbers was that it was the Republicans were as much in on the uh, corruption of the election as it was the Democrats. And that was distressing. And so, yep. and the same kind of thing happened in Maricopa County in Arizona. And, but not to the extent it, that it happened in Georgia. So now with right. all this Fannie Willis stuff, um, yeah, Kemp is sitting there and laughing and like going, this is great. But you know, stepping back from all of this, it makes me sick that Republicans, you know, it's it's bad enough that Democrats are misusing and abusing the power of the justice system to um, destroy a political enemy. It's worse that we've got Republicans sitting there and uh, being a-okay with it because they hate the person and ultimately the voters that much. You know, it should it should matter to these people uh, that the American people's voices be that, you know, millions, yeah. hundreds of thousands of people are being disenfranchised. Well, but no. At the end of the day, you're not doing your job, right? I mean, that's the job is not that, that you play politics with Donald Trump. You didn't get elected governor of Georgia to, to do that. Okay. Uh, now that's a sidelight. That's something that may or may not happen or whatever. But at the end of the day, you're the governor, you're the chief executive officer of the state, and you're supposed to make sure that things like this don't happen on your watch. Right. All right. And Brad Kemp is guilty of that. And this guy Raffensperger is the secretary of state over there right. is guilty of that. Okay. So in a very large measure that all of this Fannie Willis stuff, and they may be laughing about it, but this reflects very poorly on Kemp. Okay. Kemp should have already taken measures. All right. 
to uh, to to do away with this whole thing. I don't I don't know what the statutory um, options that the governor of Georgia has uh, for a case like this. From what I understand, uh, but, he doesn't have any like like there isn't much that he can can do. Um, the only thing, like you rightly noted, noted was uh, if he got convicted, um, pardoning the president. Well, see, that's the thing. If I'm Kemp, I call him Brad Kemp. His name is Brian Kemp. If I'm Kemp, I'm going to come out and I'm going to say enough is enough. This entire thing is disgusting. It's horrible. So you'll know if you take this thing to trial and you get a conviction, I'm pardoning that guy because I don't think he did anything wrong. And his co-conspirators definitely didn't do anything wrong. So you're wasting your time. All of this is a waste of money. I'm clearing the slate as soon as I'm able. Mm -hmm. So you need to drop it. And oh, by the way, that woman is so freaking corrupt that she shouldn't be prosecuting anybody, much less a former president of the United States. You're exactly you know? right. And what so, you to... Scott, why hasn't he done that? Why? Well, you know why he hasn't done it, but you just explained it. Spike, right. that's the reason why. But, and you don't even have to be like, hey, I'm going to do Donald Trump a solid. All right. You don't have to do that. You can say, this is my state. This is my watch. And I am not having this shit show continue. I've seen enough. I'm done. I want this out of the way. It's over because it's an embarrassment to the state in front of everybody. And I'm finished. And I like, you know, I don't like Trump. OK, whatever. I'll go campaign for Nikki Haley. We have the Georgia primary, whatever it is. All right. But this is a shit show, and it makes us look like morons in front of the entire country, okay? And I'm done. I'm the governor of this place, and I'm done. If he were to do that, okay, first of all, it would make him the bigger guy where Trump is concerned. At that point, mm -hmm. Trump can't beat up on Kemp anymore, all right? right? He could complain that he didn't do it sooner, but he can't right. really do that. He's got to be like, okay, thank you. I appreciate that. You and I should have a a reset of our relations. You did me a solid guy. Right. All right. It would it would make him look better among Republicans around the country, also in his state, that he put this thing to bed. Okay. The Democrats will not hate him less, all right, than they already do. But the thing of it is, is that some Democrats would look at the guy and say, thank you because this is a mess and it's only gonna get worse the longer it goes. Now, maybe that's a reason, okay, that uh, that he should continue to let it go because the Democrats are drowning in this too, all right? But I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna come out, if I'm him, I'm gonna come out before the Georgia primary and say, I'm clearing this off the books because it's stupid and it's embarrassing and I'm done. Have a presidential primary with this out of the way. Now, that doesn't make the thing go automatically go away, but for all practical purposes, all of the gas comes out of the tank when they know that this is never going to result in anything, right? And they can then complain about Kemp, but he's going to say, I let this thing go on. I gave you all the rope you needed and you hung yourself, right? He could say, this thing has gone on for months and I let it happen. And now it's a complete mess because you couldn't be any more corrupt and your case is right. completely collapsed. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, 
I'm putting you out of your misery. Right. And if he said the words, I'm putting you out of your misery. All right. Like people would, that would resonate. People would be like, yeah, because she needs it. Right. Um, I, Like to me, and there's this kind of dichotomy, especially on the part of the establishment rhino Republican crowd that Kemp represents in this case. Yeah. Which is, you know, well, we need to have sober, you know, um, uh, adult leadership. And Donald Trump is rambunctious and chaotic. And that's why we don't like him. And you need Republicans who, you know, can can act, on, you know, with responsible um, uh, tactics and motives and blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? That's what this would be. OK, which is it's a shit show. I'm putting it into shit shows. Now, if there's a fresh shit show that Trump causes, that's on Trump. I'm the anti shit show governor, and I have just proved it, right? And I don't like the guy, but this is what I did. And if he benefits, so be it. But the state of Georgia benefits because we're all sitting around doing nothing but watching Fannie Willis lie in front of the judge who's getting more and more pissed off about the lying, and all hell's about to break loose. And I'm done. We've got more things that we need to work work on. That's it's adult responsible leadership that Rhino establishment Republicans say they are. Okay, but it's also decisive, which uh, they are not. Yeah, but yeah, no, no, and no. If there's anything Look, that I'm the Rhino Republicans can agree I'm on, I'm saying it's the obvious thing for him to do. Right, right. Well, now that we've taken a venture to fantasy land, courtesy Scott McKay. Um, <laughs> this is, hey, this is an analysis show, okay? It is an analysis. analysis show. The smart play would be to do the thing that the rhino doesn't want to do, which right. is why he's a rhino. He's stupid, right. like all rhino Republicans. Well, it won't happen. And, um, you know, there, there's a, a certain strain of delusion amongst the never Trump crowd that continues that maybe if they hate him hard enough, close their ears and shut their eyes and scream, you know, do their silent scream. Or if they're Jonah Goldberg, cut themselves in their in their psychic pain that he will suddenly go away. Well, he's not going away. He's going to be the nominee. And for all the other deluded people on um x who i see saying oh well he can never win trump can never win yes he can otherwise nobody would be this upset and everybody trying to kneecap the the guy before the election obviously he's, he can win he's beating biden in all seven swing states right all seven and if i'm if if i i, I glanced through this this uh the article it had it I think he's beating him by five or more in four or five of the seven in the latest polling. Like this narrative, oh, Donald Trump can't beat Biden. The hell he can't. He's kicking his ass. Like well, he's going to get 300 electoral votes if the election is today. The In addition to this, I was looking at polling today that um, has Kamala doing even worse, which you know, against Trump than Biden. The, the thing, the places that that's make not me a surprise. No, it's not a surprise. That make me nervous. Or like Pennsylvania, where they're neck and neck. I'm like, you can't be even in Pennsylvania. If you're even in Pennsylvania, 
uh, Biden wins yeah. because the machine gets him wins. Same way in Michigan, same way probably in Georgia, same place. And I truly believe that the establishment Republicans would rather have Biden than they would Trump. And so that makes it particularly da dangerous amongst the um, leadership in certain states like in Georgia, where th they will be actively yeah, but trying to help. The numbers in Georgia are not close right no in georgia they're not close at last night 49 41 trump right What's that? yeah they were well and, and I, the 49 41 um uh uh poll was a head-to-head -head. it didn't right. count rfk jr in the thing right and when you kind of like what everywhere rfk jr is included in the in the balloting okay on these polls it it siphons seven to ten points off of Biden, right? Like, and he drops into the mid thirties, sometimes low thirties. Right. Um. And so you know, Pennsylvania, okay, like they're even. Stephen RFK Jr. is going to get ten percent of the vote. Like he's going to get ten. That's like that. There's a there's a core of Kennedy Democrat voters right. who are going to vote for RFK Jr. And that like these are not Trump people. So, I mean, like if you're even money on a uh, on a head to head and then you put RFK Jr. in there, you might actually um, overcome the margin of fraud even in Pennsylvania. And I'm not being pie in the sky here because I'm not 100 percent positive that RFK Jr. is going to be on the ballot. OK, I think there will be third party candidates on the ballot. I don't know if he'll be one of them for the simple reason that they won't give him secret service protection. And that scares the hell out. Um, but the point is, if the election was today, and you can't project this stuff out very well no. months out, but if yeah, the election is today, and that's what we have to go on, mm -hmm. I mean, Trump wins this thing. And the never-Trumper crowd that keeps kind of fantasizing about some magical scenario in which Nikki Haley catches fire and, and becomes the nominee. And of course, there was another thing. I saw this at Breitbart. Um, <laughs> was if Nikki Haley flips over and runs as a no labels party candidate, mm -hmm. which there's been some talk over the weekend and this week about this, ever since she got pounded in South Carolina. Um, <laughs> there's polling on that. And she pulls from Biden. <laughs> she doesn't pull from Trump. So right. it's like, come on along, Nikki. You want to stay? You want to stay relevant? Run on the no labels ticket. Maybe Trump will give you uh, some sort of cabinet job or some sort of non-cabinet job and some sort of relevance because you you were a a a, a ringer for uh, for Trump against Biden in that case, like. Are you surprised by that? I'm not actually. I'm like not surprised because that, uh, all the votes she's been pulling, even in the primary, have been They're Democrats because it's been a it's well, it's a small percentage of those people, and then I know, a bunch I mean, of like, Democrats. Never Trumpers. The name of the, the like never Trumper means never Trump. So like they're right. going to vote for somebody other than Trump. The problem right. is there are more never Bidens than there are never Trumps. That's what you get when you govern like shit for four years, right? Like people go, I don't want any more of this. And all of a sudden your poll numbers go down the tubes. And this is, it's going very badly for him. 
And it doesn't help that his brain is tapioca right now, and everyone knows it. So yes, there are Democrat voters who will vote for tapioca brain candidates every chance they get. Look at John Fetterman. Mm -hmm. um, however, there may not be enough of them to carry you over the finish line when the effect of tapioca brain governance is not good. It's very bad. And people right. suffer as a result of it. And when they suffer, they generally would like it to stop. And they also remember that there was less suffering under Trump. Mm -hmm. So that's a hopeful thing. Now, do I put anything past these people? No. No. Okay, no. so I mean, back to Fannie Willis. Goodbye, Fannie. I, 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 the, the great thing about this is that it's so such an ignominious end. All, all of, all of these um, evil. But Melissa, doers. remember, it's not over yet. There's no, more no, no, suffering no. to come before this falls. Apart. I know it's not over, but I just look at all of these different cases that have been so terrible, so politically charged, just so awful. These cases are. Um, proving to the American people what they kind of suspected, that no one uh, is safe from, from this administration and from right. these people. And you right. can be a billionaire, but if they hate you, they will screw you just the same. And I think yep. that's a really good message to remind the American people that the government is not on your side, that the government, right. the state, when it gets this powerful, is evil. And so it's a yeah. great reminder to everybody, right, left, and center. And you know, it, it kind of reminds me of kind of how bad things got in Argentina before Malay got elected. It got so bad that people were so desperate because the thing is, these liberal leftist policies always sound good. You know, fifty dollar an hour minimum wage. Who wouldn't want that? Why make it two hundred? Why not? Fair is fair. It's these right. things sound good, but in practice, absolutely destroy everything. It sounds good to have a net zero uh, carbon emissions. Why? That sounds like a good thing. Now, I don't know anything about carbon, but good people think that carbon's bad. So I will be, you know, that net zero. Oh, we're going to starve to death. Well, that makes me a little bit more nervous. You know, so like right. these policies sound good and make people feel feel good to believe them, but in practice are terrible. And now we're seeing yeah. this in practice, this, this uh, absolute injustice con cons consistently and chronically happening. And you still have asshats on X saying things like, the facts are on Fannie Willis's side. I mean, you'll always have these people. You have people who will believe and say anything. And it doesn't make it true. Everybody else is going, hmm. This doesn't seem right. And um, probably, you know, if you've had any interaction with the justice system at all, it the the um, prosecutor, the special prosecutor and the district attorney putting all this together, you know, literally having sex. You know, usually it seems like they're in bed together, but we use that, say that metaphorically. But in this case, they're yeah, literally in bed together. Thing. This isn't figurative. And in, to be, in bed together a lot and on the taxpayer dime. Okay, maybe, maybe that's a little corrupt even for Democrats. Yeah. Probably not, but 
it certainly is for anybody who's middle of the road to the right. And that's what counts here. So anyway, as mad as this makes me, it's kind of nice to see. Um, it's so obvious. Look, guys, she's calming down. She's relaxing. I can see it in your eyes. You're, you're, you're mellowing out. You've gotten your, 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 your Fannie Willis disgust has been worked out of your system and everything is becoming tranquil with, with Melissa on the, uh, the uh, incompetent slimeball uh, Democrat prosecutor kit. You clearly don't know me, Scott McKay, because <laughs> my my um, storehouse of irritability is literally bottomless and limitless. <laughs> so, and the Democrats have a way, and the Never Trumpers make me so it, it's it's constant fuel in this irritable engine. So you know. But I like your optimism. Once again, I tried. You I did my you best, y'all. You did your best. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time here on The Spectacle. Like and subscribe. Give us feedback. You can um, also buy Scott's amazing book, Racism, Revenge, and Ruin, on Amazon.com. And you can find us on Twitter, or now X, me, I'm Melissa Tweet. Scott is the Hayride on Twitter, and you can email us too. So we hope that you'll continue watching and sharing. We appreciate your um, uh, su subscriptions, both of the American Spectator and of our podcast. So thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>